This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. I am your host, Nathan Sather, joining you from the studio here in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, It's just a wonderful blessing to have everyone here across our listening area, going everywhere from Wyoming up to Wisconsin and Minnesota and all the points in between that there's Real Presence Radio stations. It's just an absolute blessing to be a part of the work and the apostolate that uh, Jesus has allowed us to, to partake in here. Uh, as members of the Real Presence Radio listening family. And so just as a reminder, you can always uh, tune in to us in a multitude of ways, whether it be your actual local radio station, you can get the Real Presence Radio app, you can listen on TuneIn, you can do a lot of different ways to reach uh, Real Presence Radio. And so we encourage you to use those as well as an opportunity to listen to the great programming that's provided here. And this truly is your Catholic radio station. So we are very thankful for you in partnering and joining us with us as we try to bring the message of Jesus Christ into the world that is certainly in desperate need of it. And we are highly blessed in this segment to be uh, talking with an individual who uh, uses his gifts of writing to try to share the message of Jesus with folks. And so we're always glad to have people uh, like him with us. We're going to talk now with Anthony. I hope I'm going to say this right. De Stefano? Did I get that right, Anthony? Uh, De Stefano is the proper Italian way, but... Just the best of honors, okay, yeah. too. I, I appreciate you being kind to us uh, that come from a, a Norwegian uh, heritage who aren't very good with the Italian pronunciation. So, Anthony, welcome to Real Presence Live. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, and so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm from uh, New York. I live in New Jersey. Um, I've been a writer now. My first book was published back in 2003, uh, so that's 20 years ago now. It's called The Travel Guide to Heaven. That was published a long time ago, and since then, uh, I've written about 25, uh, close to 30 books, actually. Um, They've all been Christian, uh, either Christian nonfiction books, uh, or specifically Catholic books, and a lot of children's books, about 15 or 16 uh, children's books. It took me a very long time to break in. I wasn't 30, it was, I was 37 when I first, uh, first got a book published, so I had quite, tried quite hard for many years to be an author, but with no success, you know, just one of those stories about hundreds of rejection slips, etc. But I finally was able to break through, thank goodness, and since then, um, it's, it's, the floodgates have been opened, and uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know, but <laughs> the world has got uh, almost 30 of my books. Yeah, so, and, and was that something you kind of had a sense you wanted to do as a younger person? Like, what, what was the inspiration that this might be a way God would use you to, to perform His will and to help people grow in knowledge and love of Him? Well, you know, at first I, I, I didn't start as a committed Catholic at all. Uh, we were Catholic. We were bro- I was growing up in Brooklyn, we went to church occasionally. So I didn't have a strong sense of my Catholicism until my uh, mid-20s, I would say. I wanted to be a doctor. When I was growing up, I really wanted to be a heart surgeon. Uh, I went to science high school and everything, but a couple of little little things got in the way, uh, like uh, organic chemistry and integral calculus <laughs> and uh, the pursuit of girls, and those things uh, sort of uh, stopped that career path. I had also always wanted to be a writer. Uh, anyway, to cut a long story short, I, I read a book at that time, uh, sometime in my mid-20s, called The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. Sure. And, uh, you know, I had never seen a book uh, of, of Christian apologetics that 
could make me laugh and make me think, and it was entertaining. And I thought to myself then, I had a revelation that maybe I could, maybe, maybe God didn't want me to be a doctor. Maybe he wanted me to be a healer, and maybe I could heal with writing. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a revelation that I had, and I thought, so maybe that, that want, the desire to be a, a, a doctor was just a clue God had been giving me, and, uh, and, and I could really help people through writing. And, that was, and, and, and then I started going in that direction. It took me years, another ten years, before I finally got something published. But that, that's the, the genesis in a nutshell. No, no, that's wonderful. And so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you can look back and see all those things that God was, was leading you towards. But how, how has actually doing it enhanced your own faith and your own relationship with Jesus, Anthony? Well, first of all, you're absolutely right. When you look back, it's easy to connect the dots. Uh, going forward, it's not easy to connect the dots. <laughs> I can't think things happen in your life now. And there are... You know very well that God is doing something there, yeah. but you cannot sometimes for the life of you understand them until five or ten years later. And then you say, ah, now that makes sense. Uh, so yes, that's a very true point that you made. As far as how it's enhanced my life, well, uh, in writing nonfiction books for adults, like, for instance, Ten Prayers God Always Says Yes To, uh, I learned a lot about prayer when I wrote that book. Uh, when I wrote a book called Angels All Around Us, I learned a, lo- a lot about the invisible world. It's in writing, in trying to make these complex theological matters uh, simple for people to understand, but at the same time not compromise the orthodox theology, I've had to really dig down and understand these topics better myself. So it's, it's helped my own understanding of the faith. And, in, and, and the other big thing is that in writing books for children, that has just been a tremendous joy. It has increased the joy of my life to be able to write. For Not only the writing itself is joyful, but then seeing the reaction of children or having parents tell me, oh my goodness, my child has read your book a hundred times and loves it. Something like that. I don't, I mean, I'm not bragging at all. I'm just saying that it's a joyful feeling. So it, it's helped me in, a, in too many ways to, to, uh, to, to articulate in just a few minutes. Yeah, and, I, and do you do your own illustrations? Do you have like a partner illustrator? Or are those kind of established for you by the publisher? Uh, none of those things. Actually, I pick, I, I, I pick my own illustrator okay. uh, for each project, and I've been blessed to have uh, written books for Penguin Random House, the largest publisher in the world, and also some Catholic publishers like Sophia Institute Press, tremendous Catholic publisher. And I've, they've always allowed me to pick illustrators. I've gone out of my way to find the very best illustrators in the world because I'm a big believer that Christian and Catholic um, books or movies, for that matter, should be done uh, with the same level of professionalism as as you see out there in the mainstream world. A lot of times we don't see that kind of professionalism um, or beauty in in our in the work that we do uh, as compared to, say, the secular world. So I've really wanted to, to, to go out and get the best, the best that there is. So for each book, I try to pick an illustrator based on the mission of the book. So if I write a, a, say there's a best-selling book called The Donkey That No One Could Ride, or Little Star, or, or, or several books with animals in them, I go out and get someone who's tremendous at putting human expressions on animals. Uh, I, I wrote a, 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 a children's book called Our Lady's Wardrobe uh, and, uh, recently. And, and anyway, that, that had to do with showing that Our Lady was real, was real and not pretend to make-believe. So I found artists who were great at photorealism. So for each 
book, I pick uh, artists who I think is best able to fulfill the mission of that book. Yeah, I, I think we have that Mary Wardrobe book. My, my wife would know off the top of her head. She'd know everything. I, I'm always clueless, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure we have that one. The kids love it. Yeah, it's been a tremendous bestseller, and uh, for me, and the and again, the re, the reason is that in that book, if you if you read that book, Mary is real. She's done in a photorealistic style, and the theological message that I've tried to get across there is that Mary is real, and that she does exist, and she's not a cartoon character, and she's not make believe. Yeah. So the artwork can really back up the meaning of the book. So what what is your latest project that you've completed, Anthony? Uh, it's a children's book called Greenlee is Growing, and it celebrates the four seasons of the year and shows how they correspond to the seasons of a, per- a person's life. But the main character is named Greenlee. We meet her when she's three and a half years old in the springtime of her childhood. The book follows her through the uh, summer of her youth and the autumn of her adulthood. And, and by the end of the book, we see that she's uh, in a gray-haired elderly woman knitting by the fire in the winter of her life. So the book takes her through her whole lifetime, and I really wanted to write this book to, to basically show pe- children that they shouldn't be afraid of change, and also that there are uh, that there's potential for profound joy in all the seasons of our life. Even uh, at the end of our life, there's always the hope for a new springtime, and of course, we Christians call that heaven and 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 life everlasting. No, no, that's beautiful. We're just we were talking in the first segment with a priest about funerals and the beauty of how you know death is just a change into another. Uh, kind of existence or place of existence, maybe I should say. So yeah, it's very fitting how you dis- describe that um, and and tying that back to our first segment. Uh, what what was kind of the inspiration um, for for this, and what what are you hoping to to get across? Not just in what you've described, but maybe um, you know. I know, for example, when you mentioned you want children to be able to. Uh, be okay with change, right? Like, I feel like even a lot of us as adults, oh, the gray hair is coming, I gotta buy hair dyes, um, and, and, and those sorts of things kind of make us very vain and, and kind of make us superficial as opposed to, uh, like Mother Angelica's point of view, which was, you know, if God wants me to have white hair, he'll, he'll let me have white hair. I didn't make my hair anyway. Why should I care? It's his anyway. Um, so, so what are some of those things you're hoping that, that children and adults can pick out of there and, and, and help them grow in their own faith? Well, one of the most important things is, is I'd like to give them a glimpse of this of, of perspective. You know, children as well as adults, we often live too much for the present moment. We care too much about instant gratification and instant pleasures. Everything's about me, 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 and I want this, and I want it now, and if I don't get it, watch out. That's the recipe for a very unhappy life. Yes. You have to be able to think about the big picture because there's many times in life where we don't get what we want now. In fact, what we, what we get in the present moment is, is suffering and, and, and pain. Uh, you have to be able to look, have a vision of the future, of the end of things, and that's what helps to make us better able to deal with all the irritating and painful things that happen to us on a daily basis. So it, ha- it helps us to realize that in the grand scheme of things, many of the problems we have at, in the present moment are just not that important. So I wanted to try to convey a glimpse of that in, in this book to children, and the way I do that is by showing this girl's entire life, from the time she's a little girl to the time she's an old lady. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful, and it's it is very much needed. Like we've, have so many conveniences, so many things are just right there whenever we want them. Uh, my my kids right now for Lent we gave up uh, food between meals. You can only have your 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 three meals a day. And one of my daughters, uh, Hannah, uh, is is r- routinely speaking in the evenings of how hungry she is. <laughs> And, and well, I, I could just have something this time, Dad, right? Like, it's like, well, no, no, honey. Like, we're trying to, you know, gain some 
uh, self-mastery over ourselves, right? Some sense of self-possession that we're free to live for better things than just the, the needs of the body. So I think what you're talking about is extraordinarily pertinent, especially in the life of my, of my own family. And, and that's a lesson that we, we always get through the church, right? The seasons, the liturgical calendar, there's times for feasting, uh, there's times for mortification, uh, there's times for mourning and times for great celebration. Uh, so I think what you're talking about is extraordinarily pertinent, especially in the lives of young people. So I hope people will consider reaching out, getting this book, Greenlee is Growing, and we'll talk a little bit more with Anthony on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live across the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee with his disciples and quickly falls asleep, even as their boat is amidst a huge, life-threatening storm. The text says that the sea was literally shaking like an earthquake. Imagine the disciples' fear as they awake, their master saying, Master! Do you not care that we perish? Note that they wouldn't have been in this dangerous situation if they had not gotten in the boat to begin with. They are committed, no matter how big the storm. After setting sail in his boat of radical missionary discipleship, it can often seem that God is asleep or uncaring when we are troubled by the storms of life. The good news is that he is in fact always there and always ready to calm the storm when the time is right. Sometimes the storms are there to show us our total dependence on Him and not on ourselves. Jesus, we trust in you. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. This is Father Bo Brown from the Diocese of Duluth. A lot of times us as, as Catholics, we, we struggle with the Holy Spirit because the, the Father is so approachable. He has a name that's very... Uh, that we all know, right? That we can relate to, and the Son as well. And when you get the Holy Spirit, oftentimes He can take this, this kind of back seat in our relationship with God. And we see early on in the, in the book of Acts and in uh, the disciples in the early life of the church, we see how they live with the Holy Spirit and they express to us what it's like to live with Him and how He both sanctifies what they do and their ministry and gives them special gifts and also how He sanctifies their own lives. And they talk about how the Spirit brings uh, certain effects in their life, like joy and peace, patience, kindness, generosity, self-control. So I think it's good for us to think about today. What's our relationship with the Holy Spirit like? Is He a real person in our lives? We have the same kind of relationship with Him that we have with the Father and the Son. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. My name is Nathan Sather, joining you from our studio here in Fargo. We're so blessed to have you as a part of our listening audience. And we're joined in this segment by Anthony DiStefano, who has been uh, sharing with us some of the gifts and blessings that he's been given as a Catholic writer. And I think you can tell from listening to that first segment uh, that he's an even a better Catholic man and, and some of his insights and whatnot that he's been sharing with us about the book that he's most recently authored, which is called Green Lee is Growing. And so, Anthony, as we were um, talking about the book a little bit, I, I, I kind of mentioned towards the end a little bit about uh, the challenges, you know, my wife or my daughter, excuse me, has been having with 
know, making her Lenten sacrifices or whatnot. Uh, what are some of the themes that, you know, in our Lenten season here now and as we move towards Easter can be found in this wonderful book that you've written? Well, you know, Lent is all about sacrifice and fasting, and this book emphasizes the simple pleasures of life, not the luxuries, you know. You know, and I think many, many ways we've all gotten used to kind of an artificial life, you know, whether it's lived through uh, social media or, or all the cable TV shows we watch or the video games we play or the amount of time we spend on smartphones or tablets and, and all of this uh, technological stuff coming up the pike, like, you know, virtual reality and artificial inte- intelligence. We're just immersed and engulfed in technology, and it's all artificial, it's all pretend. A lot of it is just a real distraction uh, from life. And yet, I think that it's true that even though we're immersed in this artificiality, <clears throat> I think most of us feel that the greatest joys of life are the simple ones, experiences that we can enjoy regardless of how much money you have or what you look like or what your politics are. And these are the simple pleasures that I try to show Greenlee enjoying in this book, like running outside in the sunshine and enjoying the beauty of animals and nature and watching fireworks at night and smelling the ocean breeze or a bonfire or, or, or most importantly, spending time with loved ones during the holidays. I think people who understand that these are the most profound joys of life are the ones who are also able to live in a state of gratitude and appreciation. When you have appreciation for all of life's blessings, well, then you're already living in a state of abundance. You're already rich to some degree. And I think that the fasting and the sacrificing that we do during the Lenten season uh, attempts to accomplish the same goal, because not only does fasting and sacrificing strengthen our will, but it also makes us appreciate the things that we've given up. You know, when you give something up, you want it more, so you appreciate it more. <clears throat> so hopefully, in that way, the, the book can dovetail with, with the concept of sacrifice, and parents can use it as a, as a teaching tool uh, uh, during Lent. Yeah, no, and I think that's extraordinarily beautiful. Although my daughter made a joke with me that she'd like to give up Lent for Lent. <laughs> I don't I don't think that would help you appreciate Lent, honey. I don't think that's how that works. Smart but, Alec yeah, yeah, yeah. Very she clever. Might, she might be related to her, her dad, Anthony. That's that's a high possibility. Um, but, but I do think what you touch on with gratitude is extraordinarily important. And I think that's one of the things that living in the culture that we do now that I've learned... Um, over the course of especially the last maybe four or five years, is that if you want to be as miserable as possible, just be less grateful. Um, if, if, if you want to have any sense or any chance of, of contentment, happiness, or joy in this life, you have to be grateful for the blessings that you've been given. An ungrateful person is always unhappy. Yeah, right. You're absolutely right. Uh, there's a direct correlation between appreciation and happiness and between ingratitude and unhappiness. And the reason is that if you cannot appreciate all the beauty around, if you can't appreciate just sitting down and breathing with ease, you know, and, and, and looking at the incredible feast that God has provided for us, with, you know, for, with our eyes, if you can't appreciate the basics, then how are you going to appreciate the luxuries for very long? The problem is, and that's why so many people who don't appreciate things and don't have an attitude of gratitude, to use a cliche, that's why so many of them become hedonists. They go from pleasure to pleasure to pleasure trying to satisfy themselves, and they never are satisfied. And the reason is 
not because the pleasures aren't pleasurable, it's because they don't have the power to appreciate and be thankful. The problem is in them. So we have to work on appreciating the basic things first. And once we have that, once we realize that we're already millionaires when it comes to the blessings of God, we're, we're starting at victory, we're starting at being rich, then everything else is cherry on the whipped cream. Mm. Boy, that's really beautifully said, Anthony. That's that's awesome. <laughs> uh, so what, what, what might be other projects that are, are coming down the pike uh, now that Groundly is growing, uh, has been completed and published? Uh, I, I'm sure that's always an argument with God about what the next inspiration you're going to have is. Well, I've been very, talking about blessings, um, you know, in my late 20s, I, I uh, consecrated myself to Jesus through Mary, you know, a Marian devotion. And since that time, and, and I try to spend a lot of time at Eucharistic Adoration and going to Mass, and, and, I, since, and I've never had a problem coming up with new ideas. I really haven't. Mm. There, there's always ideas coming down the pike, and any of your listeners who are frustrated writers or creators, they should give that a try. They should try going to Jesus in person in the Blessed Sacrament in the chapel or open church asking him uh, regularly, and maybe they'll get as much inspiration as I have had. And, uh, and two months from now, three months from now, I've got a book coming out with Sophie Institute Press called, it's a, a book for adults called 30 Days to Your New Life. And it's a combination personal development book with uh, Catholic uh, Christian spirituality. Uh, it's a balance of the two, and it's a 30-day uh, program. Uh, and people at Sophia are very excited about it, and, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to come back on your show and share about that in a few months. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'd love to have you back. And it's just, uh, you know, when you mentioned uh, the inspiration that comes from, from different things, just go to Jesus and be docile and let him fill you with whatever he desires. Um, boy, that's advice I need to take. I'm always thinking that I got to figure things out, and I need to be reminded of, no, just let, let Jesus do things with you. And, and it is strange when you are a, a creator of any kind, like those moments when it, when it comes and it just flows easily. I mean, to me, that's, that's a sign of, of not, you know, obviously, inspiration in the same sense that the scriptures are inspired, but it's, it's, it's God using you as an instrument to, to do and accomplish what he desires of you. And I just have to think that's a tremendous blessing for you to be able to be an instrument that God uses so directly, Anthony. So thank you so much for the work you've done and how you've blessed so many people through your work. Well, I appreciate the kind words. I need to hear that. I need the encouragement, too, because a lot of times, if you're a writer, uh, it's easy not to practice what you preach. <laughs> Being a writer or a reader of books does not make you automatically a saint. You have got to do the hard work that everybody else does. Uh, but yes, the inspiration is a blessing. I am very, very grateful for that. For that. And I'm grateful that I'm able to talk to you and your, uh, your wonderful uh, listeners. Yeah, and I've and I've got a sneaky suspicion. My my children and my bride usually listen when I'm hosting the show. Uh, someone ran around the house and went on the bookshelf and pulled that uh, that Marion book out about her wardrobe, and it's looking like, oh my goodness, Dad's talking to the guy who wrote this. That's so cool. So thank you for the cool moment that you created for my family today as well, Anthony. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. And so now uh, that concludes uh, our segment there with Anthony. What a blessing. And we're going to get a little preview of the next time uh, that we're going to have Real Presence Live on and hear about the wonderful things that are coming up. On the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Karen Selensky is your host coming to you live from the Vocations Jamboree at the University of Mary in Bismarck. She will be speaking with Colin Prom and Morgan Ayless about their personal vocation journeys. 
And Marianne Hofer, the main coordinator of the Vocations Jamboree, will be sharing about discernment groups at the University of Mary. All this and more is coming on the next Real Presence Live Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. So Back to you. Th this is a, a Vocations Jamboree? Yes. At you, Mary? Mm-hmm. Like are they? Do you do you know anything about it? Are they bringing in like thousands of people? Or I don't really know much about it. <laughs> okay. I wish I could tell you more. No, I'm always I'm always interested in finding out what's what's going on at the University of Mary. My dot, my oldest daughter, uh, applied uh, to go to school there next year. She's a senior in high school this year, and so she's all excited, constantly going back and forth on trying to find things out there. So I might have to look into that and and find out what's going on. I definitely want to encourage my own daughter and my, all my daughters in their religious vocation discernment. But for you, our listening audience, I just thank you for joining us uh, today. Um, we get start start talking right away this morning with Father Miller about funeral liturgies, and he gave us some great advice on the different ways that we can be faithfully Catholic in the face of the death of our loved ones, especially those who may don't may not have the same levels of understanding about purgatory and the state of the soul after death and we talked to those beautiful girls from American Heritage Girls who were, I mean, they came in here and they owned the studio. I, uh, I almost offered Ava a chance to be my, uh, my guest host for the rest of the day until I realized maybe I shouldn't write uh, checks that uh, Mark Holcraft, the executive director here, would have to cash on my behalf. But I might have to talk to Mark to see if he let me and little Ava Shoma, uh, or Shomer, excuse me, uh, be a, a guest host team uh, one day on Real Presence Live here. And I would encourage you, especially those of you in Rapid City who are listening uh, to our segment with Camille Pauly and Healing the Culture, that event that they're going to have on June 24th, you can go to healingtheculture.org and uh, go to their website and do the contact page to contact them and send them your email address, and they'll let you know about the invitation for that date. To have Father Spitzer up here in the Dakotas in our listening area is going to be a huge blessing. It would be awesome if some folks and some of you listeners could be able to go down to Rapid City for that event, and then just talking with Anthony today. What a good man, what a blessing he was, and I'd encourage you to look up his book, Greenlee is Growing, as well as some of the other work he's done. I thank you, as always, for joining us here on Real Presence Live. We'll end in a, a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, guide our day as we move from this program uh, to the world and to all the things that you have in store for us and the gifts and blessings and works that you desire for us to do. Grant us the grace to accomplish them and to grow ever deeper in your love. Amen. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.